Russian troops are in Kyiv, so what's next? Well, Russia and Ukraine are currently planning to sit down for diplomatic discussions, but these talks are probably going to fail given the extent of Russia's demands. Russia seems counting on taking Kyiv to force regime change, uh, but it's still very early in the invasion. And there are early indicators that the Russian military is not doing as well as expected, and Ukraine is putting up an extremely brave and strong resistance across the entire country. So the objective for now uh, is to make it as difficult as possible for Russia to take territory at all. And uh, NATO allies are doing uh, things like giving additional weapons to support Ukraine. Uh, But if Russia eventually seizes a substantial portion of Ukraine's territory and is actually successful in forcing regime change, then I think we need to be asking the question about what's next. So the Biden administration is likely considering options for supporting an insurgency in Ukraine. Um, And I want to focus in on some factors that could influence the U.S. decision. So first, um, I think there likely will be an insurgency in Ukraine to support. The will to fight is there, um, as well as the capacity. Uh, So many of these units in the Ukrainian army right now originated as volunteer battalions that were locally raised and organized all over Ukraine, um, including in Russian-speaking areas. And during the post-2014 process of defense reform, they were folded into the Ukrainian military, uh, but many still retain significant autonomy, control over recruiting, um, and even equipping their soldiers. So the leadership or even entire units of the Ukrainian military could perhaps be reconstituted as insurgent organizations with strong local ties to areas of Ukraine. Um, even, and this could happen even if the Russian military actually successfully uh, defeats the Ukrainian military in conventional conflict, which at this point is far from happening. Um, it's important to note that these units don't have experiences in surgeon organizations, um, but there are Ukrainians who do have knowledge of how to fight irregularly. So we had U.S. Special Forces advisors and CIA paramilitary officers that have long worked with Ukrainian Special Forces and intelligence, and they have already provided training on irregular warfare. So the Ukrainian insurgency will, will be there. Um, the United States and NATO could support an insurgency by establishing safe havens and training locations in a NATO country bordering Ukraine. Um, this is quite possibly Poland. And um, they could provide ins- insurgents with intelligence, uh, with aid and arms through infiltration routes, land infiltration routes into Ukraine. And if Ukraine retains enough control of its territory, support could involve combat advisors on the territory of Ukraine. Uh, but that would be risky and potentially could prompt Russia to escalate. So why support an insurgency? Well, Russia's invasion of Ukraine is a major action against the U.S.-led international order um, and the rules that govern it, like the territorial integrity of sovereign states. So it warrants a strong response. Making Russia pay costs for that violation would enforce this order, and it could potentially deter further violations. Because if NATO is willing to go this far for a non-NATO member, what will it do in the case of attacks on a NATO member? And supporting a Ukrainian insurgency would also tie Russia down at a relatively low cost to NATO. Um, As we've seen from U.S. intervention in Iraq Iraq and Afghanistan, counterinsurgencies are very hard to fight. Research shows us that one of the key factors that makes insurgencies succeed is external support, so like having a friendly neighbor um, who can offer safe havens, as well as strong public support for the insurgents. And Ukraine's going to have both of these things um, with Western support and given the especially strong levels of resistance that we're already seeing. But there are some major costs to be aware of um, when supporting insurgency. So for one, a Ukrainian insurgency would lead to many civilian deaths. Um, and this will already probably start happening as Russia is starting to take this uh, to, to fight in cities. Um, 
And an insurgency in Ukraine will definitely be fought in cities and feature a particularly brutal kind of urban warfare, given the Russian record um, of counterinsurgency uh, during the like the war in Chechnya, for example. Um, and if Russian forces are tied down fighting an insurgency and the losses are severe, Putin will probably become increasingly desperate and start to target, um, give the go ahead to target civilians. So there's also the risk that a U.S. and NATO supported proxy war could escalate further. So compared to typical proxy wars, the risk of escalation here would be more serious because Russian troops are actually on the ground. Um, and this training equipping would have to be done in a neighboring country that's a member of NATO. If Russia is tempted to respond and crack down on, uh, say, insurgent infiltration of Ukraine through the border of a NATO country, uh, this would risk invoking our, NATO's Article 5 commitment um, to defend its allies. But this escalation risk is something we should be really mindful of, and that's also why options like a NATO-enforced no-fly zone or NATO troops on the ground in Ukraine should be definitely off the table in this case. Um, and one difficulty in weighing the costs and benefits of an insurgency is that we don't know exactly how far Putin is willing to go to keep fighting in Ukraine. Um, as an authoritarian ruler, Putin has worked very hard, um, particularly over the last year, to repress domestic opposition and control the information space. Uh, but he's also cultivated genuinely high levels of support um, among the Russian people to legitimize his regime. And the support has not been tested with either serious sanctions um, or substantial casualties. So it's hard to tell exactly how resilient Putin will be to the cost of war. So that's something to keep an eye on. But if Putin is, in fact, willing to keep fighting in Ukraine to occupy it for the foreseeable future, that is enforcing the international order and weakening Russia worth the human costs and potential risks of escalation. This will be an important question to focus on in the coming weeks. Thanks.